while Emily's doing her thing, uh, just to mention that. So, so as we as we've been photocopying the fo- the poems, and I, I can just acknowledge I'm a little bit behind. The the morning ones have not gone out yet. Uh, sometimes we're, there are extra poems that get photocopied at the same time in the book. You know, if you're doing two pages. So we have a few extra, and we, uh, for this evening, we're going to take all of the um, dedications from the dedication table under Kuan Yin and put them into a basket, and they'll come here onto the shrine, either on the shrine or in front of the shrine. And the dedications table, this will be this evening, the de- dedication table will have the extra poems laid out there. So at the end of the retreat tomorrow when we've gone through the blessing ceremony and we're all ready to leave. People can take poems from the wall. If You know, find your favourite poem. You can take from the wall or from that table. So there'll be some that we haven't read that, that are copied and some that we have that we've ended up both copying and various things like that. So just and the, the, the drawings we will take with us yes, if the you can leave them keep. on the wall. And the... And the <laughs> yes. And the dedications, we'll take those and we'll do a ceremonial burning. So this is what we do at the Vihara. At the end of it, usually we collect um, over a year different dedications from people. And then at the end of the year, we, we offer them into the flames in a ceremonial way. So we'll do that over the next few days, either at Temple Monastery where we visit after this or back at our monastery. Just so you know, they don't go to the trash or the recycling, they get... Uh, yeah, they get dropped into the flames. And then also at the end of the retreat in the uh, book, IMS bookstore, some of the books will be available there, mm-hmm. uh, if, if that's interesting. Yes, some of the Terigata books and also some of the other books that we've mentioned along the way will be available. The Emptiness book by Guy Armstrong and the uh, Compassion and Emptiness by Vera Manaleo. Thank you, Emily. So, now we're going to continue with another guided meditation. And uh, I'd like to, you know, as a last guided meditation, um, meditation on the seven factors of awakening, which are so central, you know, to our practice. And then... uh, from the last factor of awakening, Ubeka, then going into uh, emptiness. So let's just start, you know, by finding a posture. We can, you know, be with for about 40 minutes. <coughs> <coughs> And allowing the mind to rest on the body just as the body rests on the cushion or on the chair. And recalling why we are practicing. What's our motivation, intention, aspiration?
then coming back to the whole body awareness and pointing the mind at the present moment and a receptive awareness That's the first factor of awakening, sati, mindfulness, or awareness. Then you know, really staying with that uh, body breathing and uh, bring up an interest. This is the next factor of awakening: Dhamma Vichaya, interest or curiosity, investigation. And that also requires some energy to really stay with that. Energy viria, the third factor of awakening. Whenever the mind, you know, tends to wander off, just to bring it back, gently bring it back. And through those coming back again and again, you know, letting tension be, you know, released, as more settling happens. And a sense of ease, maybe a slight sense of ease starts to become apparent. being able to really be with the experience 
being content with that, being okay with that, a subtle sense of joy maybe, and if that doesn't really come up to reflect on our practice, that we are keeping precepts, that we are on the path, on a, such a ancient teaching, passed down to us over the centuries. That's the fourth factor of awakening, pity or joy. Might be only very subtle. mind starts to calm, there's a sense of contentment, mind starts to settle more, and we just can let the mind get on with it without getting involved. There might be still thoughts arising, but not clinging to those. That's the fifth factor of awakening, pasadi, calm. It's just like a natural result of the contentment. Just being content to be with the present moment as it is. comes more together, like the fragmentation, you know, disappears and the mind starts to become more collected and stable, still, focused, that's samadhi, the sixth factor of awakening. mind is you know, connected and stable, but at the same time also spacious and balanced. That's the last factor of awakening, upeka, or equipoise, balance. And in the scriptures that's defined as dwelling free from desire and discontent. 
kind of a bird's eye view, a greater perspective, more being able to see the conditionality, stepping back in order to see more clearly, to see you know, the mind, how one's mind works without getting involved. That's upeka as an awakening factor. Equipoise, balance. It's a deepening and a widening of our range of experience. And it also strengthens sati, strengthens mindfulness. And then, you know, there's more capacity for being really interested with what's going on and that brings up some energy and you know then the whole round of cultivation of the awakening factors is just you know taking off again in a in a deeper way and that's like a spiral you know going deeper and deeper into reality And Upeka as a Brahma-vihara is, uh, is equanimity in regards to the mind state of others or what is happening you know, around us, whereas as an awakening factor, it's towards our own mind. So there's two different facets of Upeka. Equipoise towards our own mind and equanimity towards what comes from others. And both, you know, has this spaciousness and uh, balance, but still being connected, not cutting off. An open quality. Sometimes it's compared with the full moon, the coolness and brightness of the full moon. Really savoring that uh, connected and open mind. And the spaciousness of that uh, mind, which doesn't end at the walls of this hall. Infinite space and silence. 
And we can, you know, as a man of speaking, we can listen to that spaciousness and silence. Instead of focusing on a small object like the breath, for example, just allowing the mind to open up and using that immeasurable space as an object or the silence. Whenever the mind you know, wants to contract around something, as soon as you notice it, just uh, you know, dropping that and coming back to the spaciousness, the silence, and allowing you know, the sounds and thoughts, whatever arises, just allow them to pass by like clouds in the sky. boundless space and then you're dropping that uh, boundless space as an object and coming back to that which knows about the boundless space so no object but only subject only knowing or boundless consciousness So no more object to know, but just knowing that we are knowing or conscious awareness. Subject being aware of itself. Like making that U-turn. The being the knowing. And you know, not getting seduced into thinking about it, but just allowing the mind to respond when it hears these words. as conscious awareness knowing that we are knowing
so there's no object but only subject. And then if there's like a perception of I am knowing, my knowing, then also dropping that sense of me or mine or the ego behind the knowing. No subject, no object, just knowing, no seeing. that's you know also called like temporary liberation of the mind when the mind is not under the influence of greed hatred or delusion because they are temporarily pacified because of the you know of the meditation because of the cultivation of those awakening factors So that's just like a taste, a temporary taste. But the fetters of the mind are still there, but they are just temporarily pacified. Not in operation, but afterwards, when causes and conditions come together, they're going to rear the faces again, unfortunately. But this is a taste of it, how it can be. And again, that subtle sense of joy or contentment which comes when the man doesn't want anything. When he can just give room to change and you know just being open to that flow of constant change. Not needing to control, not needing to fix anything. Just knowing, just being aware. No agenda besides that fluidity. Nothing worth to be me or mine. not rejecting and not involving, just openness. And at the same time, there's no one in charge of that openness.
very peaceful and free from wanting and discontent. That's why we call it the temporary liberation of the mind. No subject and no object. Empty of subject, empty of object. a frozen openness or emptiness but it's a fluid state which allows everything to just move through without needing to interfere in any way not clinging to anything and not clinging is the opposite of dukkha that's why we call it liberation liberation of clinging is the same as liberation from dukkha and then from that openness we can still act and speak and make decisions from a bigger perspective not dominated by the ego and its distorted ideas about the way things are Whenever you notice that a mind wants to contract around an object again, you know, wants to stand on something or get its teeth into something, just noticing that and just being open to the feeling 
and allowing it to just be there without trying to change anything. So allowing that flow, impermanence, not interfering
being conscious of this, that which knows, the knowing, the awareness, consciousness, and uh, different objects, sounds, thoughts, tastes, touches, smells, whatever, moving through and they all are constantly changing and they can be known. That's the refuge of Buddha, the awareness, the knowing. Which allows all of those uh, phenomena to take their course according to nature. and allow openness for all that just go on its course not trying to control it not being swept away but being the knowing of all of this that's the refuge of Buddha empty knowing and then the whole practice is about you know awakening to that knowing instead of becoming what is known instead of becoming those phenomena those different objects the anger, the greed, the whatever it is. But instead of that knowing it to be present or absent.
that's the, the form is emptiness and emptiness is form arising like waves on the top of the ocean and then going back and coming up again but we are in the depths of the ocean and we, some of those waves are enjoyable some are scary some are boring but what they all share, they are all permanent, constantly changing, and if we cling to any of them, there's dukkha. They're all empty, empty of a self. Not worth to be clung to, as me or mine. Then you're for the last part of the meditation, particular focusing on the changingness. Also, you know, this meditation is going to come to an end at one point when the time is come. It's coming back to the body, sitting and breathing in and breathing out.
So now is another period of movement meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.